time for Coffee with the Chicken Ladies, a podcast for people who love chickens. Hey, everybody, and welcome. It's Chrissy and Holly from Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. We're here, and this is episode number 121 of our podcast, where we talk about everything chicken, family, fun, and more chickens. More chickens. We drink a ton of coffee. I'm talking a ton. But most importantly, we hug chickens every day. And we kiss them too. Don't forget, we brew coffee from Bantam Coffee Roasters, a little coffee house in historic Gettysburg, PA. Holly Ann, what kind of coffee are we brewing today? This is Costa Rican. It's exceptionally smooth and it has notes of milk chocolate and wildflowers. It's amazing coffee. If you want to try it, visit BantamRoasters.com. You can order right on the website. And check them out on social media over on Instagram. So, are you ready to sip some coffee and chat? I am, but first, a word from our sponsor. We have some exciting news to share from our sponsor, Grubbly Farms. This month, you can receive 30% off if you're a first-time buyer. I'm a long-time subscriber, and my flock love the healthy, nutritious treats. Orders $40 and more ship free. If you haven't heard, Grubbly's has a fantastic layer pellet and crumble feed. It's packed with plant and insect protein. It's perfect for those picky chickens and ducks. This offer does not apply to subscriptions and cannot be combined with any other discounts. It's a great time to try Grubbly Farms if you haven't yet. Use the code CWTCL30 for 30% off your first purchase. Try it today. Okay, so the big question, how are you doing? Great, how are you? <laughs> I'm hanging in there, I'm hanging in there. I'm ready for spring. We only have a few more days until we get to spring. This episode drops on the first day of spring. Ah! And I think the weekend, as we're recording this, put those clocks ahead. That's right. So we lose an hour, but we gain an hour of sun. So for one weekend, it's not going to be bad. But I always feel tired for two weeks after that one hour. I drag after we do the spring daylight saving. Me too. It takes me several days to get my head back around it. But then, you know, I love the extra daylight. So I do too. And the chickens don't care. The chickens are like out and breakfast. Yeah. You lost an hour. Who cares? Get your butt up and get us out. That's right. So anything new going on with you? Starting a lot of seeds. I've got cabbage that germinated really quickly. Growing a lot of cabbage. I went to the store the other day and I saw the giant seed catalog and I was like, oh, I need to buy this and look at all the different seeds and then where you can order them Oh, uh, you're talking about the Baker Creek seed I catalog. I think it's yeah. amazing, mm-hmm. man. I was mm-hmm. like, I got to get that. I used to get a lot of stuff from them. I've been using territorial seed and pine tree seeds lately. Nice. Well, you know me. I like to grow all the weird heirloom versions of things. Well, this spring, I definitely want to bump up all of the stuff that the chickens can eat around the chicken mm-hmm. runs back there so that they can benefit from it. And I like to plant some of the herbs and stuff that are natural repellents for bugs and flies. Oh, yeah. Because when it gets hot, I'll be thanking God I have that stuff back there. It works. It keeps the bugs a little bit away. I always grow a lot of greens and I eat them and the chickens eat them, except spinach with its high oxalic acid levels. But have you noticed, one, greens are pricey. Oh, yeah. Um, We eat a lot of greens in my house. Have you noticed lately that if you buy greens in the store, they don't last as long? Yeah, because both you and I buy the bag of like the super big size, already chopped Often. Yeah, and I still have to chop them and take the stems out also. Yeah. Within a few days, you have like this super-sized bag and it's starting to turn yellow. And I, I mean, I get a lot of greens in general. Like I'll buy, say, watercress. And it used to be that watercress would last for 10 days in the fridge once I bought it. Yeah. Now it goes bad in five. I've got wrinkled, crinkled cress in wrinkled, the garden. Wrinkled. Isn't that a great name? Wrinkled, crinkled cress. 
and lots of kale and other greens, you know. Mine love the kale, so I bought them some more the other day. And as we're recording this, it's pouring down rain outside. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, my poor chickens. I need to go give them some extra kale. They're probably all huddled up under their coop zone and everything, though. The cold rain, the last of the winter rain. March, you know what it does. In like a lion, out like a lamb. Yep. Okay, so if you're listening to our show and you're loving it, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a written review. It does amazing things for the growth of our show. And while you're there, there's a button, subscribe. Hit that so you never miss an episode. And it's another easy way to help our podcast grow. Thank you to all of our most recent reviewers. Chelsea, we're looking at you. We love these reviews. Yeah, we've got some great reviews. If you're looking for other ways to support the podcast, you can share your favorite episodes on social media. You can tell a chicken-loving friend or two. You can visit our Etsy shop, check out the mugs and t-shirts we have for sale. You can become a patron of the show, patreon.com slash coffee with the chicken ladies. And the other thing you can do to help support the podcast is visit our show notes, use our affiliate links and discount codes, and buy products from our sponsors. Yay! Hey, Chris. Yeah? Do you like subscription boxes? Does it have anything to do with chickens? Of course. Then yeah. Let me take a minute to tell you about the chicken love box. If you love goodies for your chickens and you, you need to go to chickenlove.com. I love the mega box. Tons of useful products for my flock and a chicken tea for me. You can't go wrong with a chicken tea. They are so cute and so soft. In the February box, I absolutely love the red iron rooster trivet and the seed block. I really love that egg timer. It's going to be great when I'm baking. And those chicken stickers are going to be awesome on notes I send out. Boxes start at $39 a month. They ship immediately after your order and shipping is always free. Such a great deal. Don't wait. Get off the nest and click already. Use the code CWTCL50 for 50% off your first box of a three-month subscription or more. That's chickenlove.com. That's chickenluv.com. Get your subscription today. Have you heard of Strong Animals Chicken Essentials? They make natural supplements for your flock. Strong Animals has used plant-based products and natural approaches to promote the health and vitality of backyard flocks. Their products contain organic essential oils, prebiotics, and other natural ingredients to support the immune system and digestive health. Give your chicks and chickens what they need to thrive with Strong Animals Health Products. Visit GetStrongAnimals.com today. The Breed Spotlight is brought to you by Murray McMurray Hatchery, defining quality for generations. For over a century, Murray McMurray Hatchery has remained a trusted family-owned business working tirelessly to ensure our poultry meet the highest standards. Whether you are an experienced enthusiast or just embarking on the journey, look to McMurray Hatchery for guaranteed quality rare and heritage breeds, low minimums, and all the supplies you need to raise your flock. Request a free catalog today. Tiptoe, tiptoe, little, little toes. Time for Breed Spotlight. Yeah. If anybody can It's a banter this week. We're doing a banter breed this week. In fact, we're actually doing one of the cutest banter breeds ever. Yes. This week's Breed Spotlight is... The Belgian Duclay. The Belgian Duclay. It's one of my most favorite chickens. Oh, they're adorable. Because of the cuteness factor, man. This chicken blows most chickens out of the water for cuteness. The only one I think kind of goes up against them is the watermelon chicken. Yeah, I knew where that was going to. The watermelon chicken. The watermelon chicken. It's one of those, you can't go wrong with this chicken. Oh, heck no. They're sometimes called the Belgian bearded Duclay. Yep. Sometimes they're called the Barbu Duclay. 
Barbu just means beard. Right. So if you see that, obviously a bearded chicken. And those things are important because this breed is different from the booted bantam. The booted bantam is an English breed. They look very similar. The booted bantam has the heavily feathered legs and feet, right. but they do not have the muffin beard. Okay, so if you've never heard of this chicken right now, go on your phone, wherever you are, on your iPad, and look them up because you have to see the cuteness as we're talking about them. Now, the Duclay is a true bantam breed. There is no big counterpart to this chicken. One of my favorite things about them is that the roosters have this ridiculous high-pitched crow. It makes me laugh every time I hear it. Most bantams, the roosters are beyond the cutest things when they crow. Well, the nankins sound like squeaky toys. Yeah, it's like a little dollhouse rooster. <laughs> <laughs> They're so tiny. The Duclay was developed in the town of Uclay. Could you guess? Just outside of <laughs> Brussels in Belgium. It was developed around 1900. It's a prosperous area. Most of the people who live there are wealthy. It was home to Michael Van Gelder, who was a very prosperous businessman. He is credited with developing the breed, and he most likely used some other Dutch-booted and bearded bantams as foundation breeds. I would think so. Yeah. The Belgian Duclay Club notes on their website that it is possible that there were some Asian bantams that were used as well. And that's supported by the fact that Van Gelder had the time and the resources to travel widely, and he could go procure the birds that he wanted for his foundation stock. And he did a very good job. He went and gathered all these different birds to make a perfect bantam. I've not seen one person look at them and say, oh, I don't like them. I think every chicken lady's like, they want a a duclay. I'm one of them. I don't have any. I want them too. I always end up with the rare breeds instead for obvious reasons, but these are ridiculous. So the Millie Floor was the first color variety to arrive in the U.S. They started with perfection. Right. It arrived here via Germany. And it was accepted in the American Poultry Association Standard of Perfection in 1914. Okay. The Duclay also appear in the American Bantam Association Standard. Right. As you would expect. Which is different, but they're in there. Also, as you would expect, these are popular show chicken. Very popular with chicken ladies. And anyone who wants just an adorable bird. You know what I call them. First chicken. <laughs> First chickens. They are ones that will want the extra love and attention, mm-hmm. and they're, they're tiny. They're very portable. They're portable, so they're a great bird for a stroller, for your purse, and just make sure you keep everything biosecure when you go out. But they will want to be around you. They're really loving. Yeah. Now, the American Poultry Association recognizes several colors. Now, the porcelain is my favorite. The porcelain is a pale blue bird with white-tipped feathers. Wow. Just gorgeous. They were accepted by the APA in 1965. Okay. There's a white duclay that was accepted in 1981. Oh, that's not too long ago. And then there are four other colors that were accepted in 1996. Okay, so it's the black. The golden neck. The mottled. And the self-blue. So 1996, not that far back. I think I was graduating from college that year. It was the year before I was married. They also appear in the American Bantam Association standard in these colors. And these are some of my major favorite colors. Black. Blue. Buff. Golden neck. Gray. Melly floor. Mottled. Porcelain. Self-blue. And white. And can anybody guess what my favorite color Duclay would be? The Melly floor, of course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. I want one of these birds. So there's some overlap between the APA and the ABA, but the Bantam Association accepts a few more colors. Now, the Belgian Duclay and the Booted Bantam Club, that is one club, on their website, they note that they're also seeing some not accepted colors. Some of these are fascinating. 
Okay, so first is the quail, which if you're wondering, it's kind of like a deep brown black. They're really gorgeous. There's also a brown red. Butterscotch. Blue milliflor. Buff Colombian. Colombian. Red. Blue red. Blue red mottled. Blue mottled. And silver milliflor. If you can't find a color you like in here, Seriously, there's a, lot, a problem. That's a lot of color. You can find any kind of different color variety you want in this chicken with the beards, the moths. Can't go wrong. They're ridiculous little birds. If you've not seen them before, if somehow they've managed to escape your notice. How? The duclay are small birds. They are bearded. They are muffed. They have heavily feathered legs and feet, and they do have vulture hawks. Right. And if you don't know what vulture hawks are, they're large, stiff feathers that come out from the thigh area. Yeah. And they sort of add to this overall super feathery leg look. The duclay also has a wide tail that's carried high. Also, actually, the coaching kind of has the same. They remind me of them a little bit, but with beard and muff. And without the body mass. So with the duclay, like a lot of other spotted and speckled birds, you need to give them time. And we're talking about like the millies, the porcelains, and the models. You need to give them time, like a year or so, for their spots to really begin showing. And we're seeing this personally with having speckled birds now, the speckled Sussex, the Jubilee Orpingtons. The Swedish flowers are that way too. Yeah, I didn't have any before I had Katie T. Biscuit. And she's like a different chicken the second year. They do change with each mole. It's really pretty. It is. The Duclay also have small straight combs, small waddles on the roosters, and almost no waddles on the females. And the females are coming in at about 22 ounces, and the males are about 26 ounces. That's a tiny chicken. So here's the kicker. They're known to be super friendly, super gentle. Mm-hmm. You can't get more friendly and gentle than these girls and boys. They have bright eyes and they have curious little faces. One of the things I love about them is their bright little facial expressions. Oh, yeah. They're active birds and very alert and just the biggest pleasure to have around. Heck yes. Yeah. I yeah, mean, yeah. they're going to be what I like to call also a companion bird. They're going to want to be around you with you. Right. bird more. Now, let's go into egg laying because they're going to lay small cream colored eggs, about 100 a year. Now, this is not a breed that you're going to have for the egg laying ability. Yeah, you get maybe two per week during they're the laying season. They're a companion bird. Right. This is why you're going to get this bird. Like a lot of the true bantams, they're going to go broody. They're supposed to make good mothers, but I think all the bantam hens that go broody make good mothers. Yeah. So if you have a chicken like a leghorn that you want to breed, you're going to need yourself a broody hen. This might be a bird for you. They like to sit on eggs. Yeah, I mean, clearly they're not going to be able to fit a lot of eggs under them, but they would hatch for you. These chickens are not a utility breed. No, they're a perfect example of a pet chicken. They were created by a wealthy man as a show bird and for pleasure. They're a companion chicken. They're going to want to be by your side. You're going to want to have them. Absolutely. Not fantastic layers at all. They're definitely not table birds. And while they may be game to, say, dig in your compost pile for a while... They probably lack the ability to really turn it over. They're tiny. Yeah, exactly. They can't do a big job quickly. It's going to take them some time to be turning that dirt over. Yes. They're kind of cold hardy-ish, but they're a bantam. Keep that in mind. Right. So they're heavily feathered, which means their skin is protected from frostbite in a lot of ways. But you're right. They still weigh less than two pounds, and they can very easily freeze to death in severe or prolonged cold. I think every single bantam needs supplemental heat in with them this chicken, there is no difference. The extra feathering is going to help protect them a little bit more from frostbite on the feet, on the legs. But when we're talking about hypothermia or deep frostbite, simply from sustained cold, exactly right. 
Oh, you know, every bantam on my farm has a computer installed and we use them liberally. Okay, so where do we get these beautiful Belgium declays? McMurray Hatchery has them in Millie Floor and that beautiful porcelain. The Belgian Duclay and Booted Bantam Club website also has a breeder's list if you're looking for local. Now we have an upcoming guest and this is going to be another place where you will be able to find them and there's a little kicker in with us. So we want you to listen in to the main topic. So if you have pictures, please flood our Instagram. They're such pretty birds. They don't have any big story behind them. They're pretty. They're sweet. They're a great companion bird. So again, flood our Instagram with your pictures. We'll give you a story. We would love to see them. If you're looking for a chicken coop that's produced in a planet-friendly, sustainable way, try Nestera. Each coop is made from highly durable, 100% recycled plastic that keeps the equivalent of up to 2,000 shampoo bottles out of a landfill. Their clean, modern design will fit into any garden or run area and comes with an industry-beating 25-year warranty and a range of handy accessories. Simple to put together, so quick and easy to clean, and most importantly, red mite resistant. Your chickens will love it. Quick shipping from Amazon.com or Nestera.us. Use the code CWTCL5 for 5% off. Check them out today. Roosties proudly sponsors Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. We personally use Roosties products with our chickens and we're huge fans. They have their awesome nesting pads, do-it-yourself feeder and waterer kits, and they've just released their best product ever, a new chick feeder and waterer set. They have adjustable legs to keep food and water clean. They're super well-made and the feeder even has a removable lid so it can easily be filled from the top. So if you're raising chicks or keeping chickens, all their products are available for prime delivery on Amazon.com. Check out the Roosty store on Amazon or follow the link in our show notes. So let's move on to main topic. Yeah. Yeah. We have a special guest for this week's main topic. We had the best time talking with Forrest over at My Pet Chicken, and we really think you're going to have a blast listening to this interview. Enjoy. Okay, so we have a really fantastic guest joining us today. We're going to be talking to Forrest. She is the content manager at My Pet Chicken. Forrest, welcome to the show. Welcome. And you have such a beautiful name. Hi, Christine Holly. Thank you for having me and My Pet Chicken. I'm excited to be here to chicken chat with both of you. Oh, that's our favorite thing to do. And you know it. (laughs) (laughs) It's our pleasure. So My Pet Chicken is unique in a lot of ways as a source for chicks and even point of lay pullets. Can you tell us a little bit about the background of the company and then where you come in on this story? So the company was originally founded about 15 years ago by a couple named Tracy and Derek. And they started this company first by writing some of the great help topics and blogs and just all the free information that My Pet Chicken offers. They saw this space in the chicken keeping world where there wasn't a lot of information out there to help chicken keepers. So they started writing all this content to help backyard chicken keepers enjoy this and do this successfully. And so that sort of morphed into offering products and partnering with different vendors and hatcheries and breeders all over the country to be able to bring such a great selection of birds. And also we here at My Pet Chicken, we're all chicken keepers. So we take pride in the fact that we can test these products and offer them to you from a chicken keeper's perspective. 
I love that you're all yeah. chicken keepers. Yeah. That, I, we did not know that That's fact. That's great. That yep. is amazing. That's a really fun fact to put out there to everybody. And everyone will get a little appreciation because they know that you know the game and you know yep. chicken keeping at that point if you're doing it yourself. So that's really cool. And you've been out 15 years. That's awesome. Congratulations on that. It's amazing. It's helpful that the staff does have that chicken keeping experience. We have breeders on our staff. We have chicken keepers that have been keeping for 30, 40 years. So that knowledge to someone who is maybe just starting in chicken keeping is so valuable. So we really pride ourselves in being able to offer that type of customer service. You're getting a real person who really keeps chickens nice, and is here. You know, we're not vets. We can't give you advice as far as that goes, but we all have combined our chicken keeping experience. We share our stories behind the scenes. It just helps to make for better customer service and really a better chicken keeping journey, I think, for our customers if they have just a little helping hand. The support means the world when you have someone yep. you can reach out to and know you can get an answer. And yeah. I, right. I love the fact that you started as an informational blog and that your mm-hmm. company naturally grew into what it is and the natural progression took you to offering chicks. I just love all of that. So it was a couple who started, were they chicken keepers at the time I take it? And they wanted oh, everyone yes. to know more? Yes, absolutely. And then fast forward to about a year ago, Mike Higman bought the company and he's based out of Georgia. It's been a really exciting year. He is really committed to maintaining the roots of the company that were established, but he's also bringing some new life into it. So for us as the employees, it's really exciting. And we're just starting to offer a lot more. We have a new website and lots of new stuff coming. Personally, I think it's an exciting time for the company. All of us employees are really excited to share it with our customers. Well, that brings us to our second question. You are all rebranding and we want to know more about it. We want to know like what's changing along the way. We want to make chicken keeping accessible to everyone and help them embrace the lifestyle that comes along with it. So the rebranding is a fresh look on the same values that the company was founded on. But we have lots of fun things on the website. We're now offering more payment options. We have ShopPay, which you can divide your payments up. I think it's over four months, um, which is really great for some of those people who are interested in maybe a larger or fancier coop. We have wish lists, favorite items. We now offer gift cards and we are offering more filtering options. So just really updating the website, making it more user-friendly for all of our customers. I like that. The gift mm-hmm. card aspect. So if you have that chicken lady in your life and you have no clue what to buy, <laughs> right. all the memes out there are saying, I want chickens, I want chickens. So right. get yourself a gift card to give that chicken lady in your life. And all your products are tested and just going through the website. Now you still have all the same informational things on there. So that will yes. be good for people in your article. And more. We're offering so much more. We're really helping everyone become a better chicken keeper. This year, we have had an increase of new customers just with the increased cost of eggs. Lots more people are looking into keeping a small flock of backyard chickens. So it's more important than ever to just educate everyone, help them out to become successful at it. The demand jumped during the COVID year. Oh yeah. But this year, the demand has just exploded. And I'm sure you're finding the same thing we are. We are run off our feet right now answering questions. Absolutely. Same thing. And I think as chicken keepers, 
I've been keeping chickens personally for eight years and I still have questions, right? I'm still learning exactly. new things about it. Yep. So there's always learning in it. There's always new data coming out that can help us become better chicken keepers in some way. But yeah, there's a lot of new people that we've seen. I think it's great. We can offer this information. Like I said, it's all free. You can give us a call and chicken chat with us. And mm -hmm. you know, if you're unsure of something, like I said, we have this staff. They love to chicken chat too. So all the things that we've been through, we can now try to help someone else maybe not go through that or, yes. you know, get through it in a little bit easier way for them. Right. I think it's really helpful to do all the education and understand chickens because they're in that misunderstood category. There's no doubt. And Absolutely. that's one of the things we're trying to change. What I wouldn't have given for these sources when I started keeping exactly. chick chickens 20 years ago, it just exactly. wasn't there. So my pet chicken carries a large range of very beautiful breeds, including some that are exclusive. Can you tell mm -hmm. us about some of the exclusive birds you're carrying? Yes. One of my favorite exclusive breeds that we have is a silked Easter egger. So it's a cross between an Easter egger and a blue egg layer. We don't want to give away our recipe. It looks like a silky, white silky and she will lay a beautiful blue egg. Wow. And I find in my flock anyway, in my area, they do great in winter, they do great in summer, and they're a little bit bigger than a silky. They're not a bantam chicken. So I find that they just sort of do better in the flock. They're just a little bit tougher than a silky is. A lot of people think for whatever reason, bantams may not do well in their flock. And so this right. bird, I think because it's across it, has a little bit more toughness and can maybe be considered for people who can't exactly have a silky in their flock. But they're fluffy and adorable and lay blue beautiful blue eggs, right? <laughs> who can resist a beautiful who blue can, egg? No one can resist a blue no. egg. No. Or a that silky, right? Who can resist that? We just mm -hmm. profiled the silkies a few weeks ago. We did. And we're talking about the fact that in this country, they tend to all be bantam. Yep. That's yep. fascinating. Like I said, what I like about this breed, it's just a little bit bigger, has a little bit more toughness to it. Mm -hmm. So not that they're mean, they're wonderful, friendly. My opinion is they do a little bit better in a flock than a silky one. Well, yeah. When you say toughness, I didn't think mean. No, no, I was no. thinking like can hold their own in weather and maybe, yes. you know, a little stronger. Silkies are like two pounds of fluff. Yeah. It's just not, exactly. You know, it's a tiny bird, really. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. A little more resilient. <laughs> yeah. So that's definitely one of my favorite exclusive breeds. We also have a super blue egg layer. I love these blue eggs. <laughs> They're laying about five to six eggs a week and cold hardy, heat hardy, get along great in the flock. That's cool. Yep. We have yeah. six exclusive breeds in total. We like the colored egg layers here over at My Pet Chicken. So we have some olive eggers and more Easter eggers. We love adding some of that color to the basket. So we try and focus on that with our exclusive breeds. Nice. Did I see a crested leg bar on My Pet Chicken that was maybe a different a cream, color? Uh, a frost white leg bar? We have those. It, it, mu it must have been Something a frost like white. Something like that, yeah. It, I know it was mm -hmm. a leg bar that was a different color. We were just talking about this the other day. Yeah. Those are more of a rare breed. Blue egg layers. Beautiful birds. Beautiful, the other thing beautiful I birds. I saw were Jubilee Orpington. Oh, yeah, they do. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. How do you have chickens without wanting an Orpington? Any Orpington is a must-have, but those Jubilees, they're beautiful. They're, they're just stunning. We each have two. Big and we love them. They're amazing. And they're I have stunning. other Orpingtons also. Everybody knows Orpingtons are my favorite. Yeah. But the Jubilees are absolutely the most beautiful. And I always say they know it. They walk around like divas in the flock. 
Mine are so sweet. Mine are so no, sweet, sweet, but they look like they sweet. know it. No, they do. <laughs> Mine, I don't think they started laying till like nine or ten months. Yep. Ours are and very yeah. Mine are just starting very, very late. And they do not lay as well as say my buff Orpington. So you're right. They know they're the queens and they will act accordingly. We're I'm kind of glad you said that because I have been talking about the fact that mine are not laying yet. And we were saying they're about 10 months. Yeah. If they're yeah. 10 months, probably soon. Mine was like 10 months, I want to say. And nice. Yeah. I'm glad I, to hear somebody else also had the longness before laying. I don't care if they never lay. It's okay. They're so, so beautiful. They can get away with it. So beautiful. My eggs are so beautiful. They're just like, just mm-hmm. look at me. Okay. Yeah. So here's one that I've noticed, and I'm going to ask you this question. You're offering sex phantoms, which is a game changer. How did this come about? So we have these amazing chick sexers that have actually been doing this for a while for NPC. And it's difficult. It is more difficult, obviously, than the larger size chicks that we offer. We still have, I'd say, about a 90 to 95% accuracy on that. So it's really great for people who love bantams. I love bantams myself. So just the option to get silkies that are sexed is wonderful for so many people. Silkies, as you may know, take longer to mature. So sometimes... You don't realize you have a rooster until 10, 11, 12 months in. And, you know, by then you're in love with the guy. (laughs) So it's really great for people who do want to have some of these bantams, but yet can't have roosters in their area. Right. That's a game changer for me. I'm one of those people that love bantams, but having to have them straight run really doesn't... If I get a rooster, I have my rooster plan. But I'm saying the sex bantams, (laughs) that's an awesome thing. It is. I keep Nankin Bantams. What we were beating about around the bush there is if she gets a Bantam rooster, she will deliver him to me she has the to live flock. in my Bantam bachelor flock. That's it's, a wonderful plan. When you've been best friends for 40 years, I mean, I, I feel on. like it's a little dependent. Well, yeah, but that's okay. But it sounds like you're a good friend and you should help her out with the Bantam you're rooster. It. It's a bachelor flock. She's got the room and all these little boys are together. They're going to have fun. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> I absolutely love the band. But that's why this is good for me because I you wouldn't have to be my It's actually good for plan. me too, though, because like I said, I breed Nankins and I don't want to bring in a lot of other breed roosters sure. besides my standard guys. And I'm a coaching lover for way back and I would love to add Pekins. Coaching Bantams to the rest of America. What bantams. if we throw this in the equation? What about a Duclay Bantam? Oh my God. Sexed? Mm-hmm. So what are some of the other wonderful sex bantams that you have? Well, we did talk about the Black Frizzle Cochin Bantam. Mm -hmm. We have several color, different silky bantams. We also have an Easter Egger Bantam, a Buff Brahma Bantam. And we also have a modeled Cochin Bantam. (gasps) Oh, my God. A Well Summer Bantam and a White Crested Black Polish Bantam and also a Bard Rock Bantam. Oh my goodness. Model coaching did us in. So this is a great selection. And I think if you get one of every Bantam, it still only equals like three regular sized chickens. Exactly. Yeah. And I could probably fit the whole flock in my chicken stroller. Yes, you could. Definitely. You could. Do you have a house chicken? Well, we kind of had one for a while who had, I don't know if you've mm-hmm. seen her social media, but Gertie for a year and a half was kind of like our house chicken. And 
My goal is to get them back to be real chickens if it's a health problem. So she's, after a year and a half, integrated back into the flock, which I took as an amazing accomplishment on my part. Absolutely. Bravo for that. That was pretty big because, I mean, a year and a half out. Her recovery was remarkable. And I've had people living in the house off and on, usually with a health problem. I've got really rambunctious dogs, so I don't have any full-time house chickens. But some of those breeds would make amazing house chickens. Absolutely. I agree. I had Saramas once live in my house. I hatched, I don't know what I was thinking, but it was temporary. I hatched them in December. I was bored in winter and thought, let's hatch some Saramas. And they were so tiny, they couldn't go outside until April. So they had to stay in the house for a few months. And I thought it was delightful. So It is. There's something (laughs) so restful about hearing a hen clucking in the house. It's so cute. It really is cute. So one of the really great things about My Pet Chicken is that you offer a three chicken minimum on orders. And we know that some states require more, but so you offer the three chick minimum at certain times of the year. And that is like the lowest around. So how does this work? So yes, March through November, and that's always tentative. If for some reason those months we're having cold spells and it's not safe to ship that few of chicks... We would change that. It also depends on the area you're in. So generally, it's from March to November that we're able to ship those three chicks. We, every year, are updating and improving our packaging. And we've just sort of nailed it down on how to work with the post office. Our packaging actually goes above and beyond the requirements of the post office. So yeah, we get them there quickly. The post office gets them there quickly and we're able to ship those three little ones safely. They do have thick padded straw in there. They do have the little heat packets in there. And also the size of the box makes a difference too. Mm. So sometimes we're sectioning off a part of the box and they're just staying in one section of it to help conserve their body heat. But it's great for a lot of backyard chicken keepers who can't take in the larger orders. Three chickens is something that is a lot more manageable than let's say our winter minimums are eight chicks. Getting eight chicks can be, some towns don't even allow you to have eight chicks. So it's splitting an order or figuring something out. This three chick minimum, I think really helps a lot of people out either starting a flock and just getting into chickens. They don't want to get too many and be overwhelmed or even continuing chicken keepers who don't want to add large amounts, but need a few more chickens. Here's Um, another question. Can you mix and match? Absolutely. Yep. As long as all the chicks are available on the same shipping date, we need to ship them together. But yeah, you can get three different breeds, all the same, whatever's available on that shipment date. The other thing we noticed was Rhode Island was one of the states that had a six chick minimum. Someone wrote us about New York being another state that has a six chick minimum. Are there any other out there that you know? Not with those sort of minimums. No. Some states do have, I think Rhode Island's actually a 12 chick minimum. Oh, yes, you're um, right. There are, they are 12 chick. I saw that. Yes. I think 12. New York is six and Rhode Island is 12. And I was kind of appalled with the 12 chick minimum and for Rhode Island, to be honest with you, because I think that's really unfair to their residents. It's the smallest state with the biggest minimum. I, that's crazy. <laughs> 
if you're just have a small plot of land, you should be allowed to have three to four chickens. Well, that's what I really like Absolutely. about it. The fact that if you're, say, an urban chicken keeper, a lot of ordinances are starting to be changed, but you can literally only get three chickens for your space. My original Brahmas came from my pet chicken several years ago, and I still remember it was the first time in a long time that we had gotten chickens through the mail. I'd been buying locally for a while. My husband popped open that box, and there were our four little Brahmas, Hale and Hardy. Yeah. So what makes your company pretty unique is all the education that you put out there. So we want to know how many of the staff members have poultry. Well, we just hired a lot of new staff, a lot of what we call our flock care specialists to help with the increased demand of a lot of new chicken keepers coming in. So everyone who works in the position of our flock care specialist is a chicken keeper. And I want to say everyone at the company is. I think there may be a couple people in transition with moving or something that may not have them. But we're all chicken keepers here. We all have chicken keeping knowledge and experience about the breeds, about the products. Some of our employees are breeders themselves. On the job application, we ask, do you keep poultry? If you're on the front line talking with customers every day, it's a requirement for the job. These customers are calling in for advice and we need to know generally what we're talking about and offer the best care and advice. If we can't do that, why are we here? I totally agree with that. If you don't have chickens or experience with chickens, how are you going to help someone with a question that's calling you about chickens? It's not something that you can fake. To be a good chicken keeper and talk with other people, you have to sit out in your backyard for hours and watch their behavior, learn what they do and go through the seasons of chicken keeping. So it's important. It's a must have to work here. And it's fun. We all are invested behind the scenes. It's like, I don't know if I necessarily personally like the term crazy chicken lady, but there are a lot of chicken ladies and gentlemen back there. And it's fun to have a staff come into work and talk about chickens with each other. And if we don't understand something that's going on with the customer, we have the entire staff to see if they can help us out. We also have poultry keepers here. We've had people who own guineas. So there's a lot of experience on the staff decades of experience. And like I said, if we can't offer that kind of service, why are we here? So how many chickens do you have personally? I am probably on the lowest amount that I've had in years. Right now, I only have 12 chickens. That's still a good amount. Yeah, yeah, it is. Half of them are bantams. So I have some bantam cochins. I have some silkies. I have some little saramas. So I am getting my spring order together to decide what I'm going to add to that flock and how many. As we say to listeners all the time, it's really important. We do the breed spotlight every week. Listen to what's going to mix and match well with your existing flock. So look at your flock and say, okay, what breeds are going to mesh well? I have a Moran's, which is kind of a strong personality. Maybe I should get another strong personality to go with that one. Or I have an Orpington, so I need something a little bit more laid back. So you can go on the website, you can look to see what you have available, you can see male, female, or straight run, and see what you want to get. There's so many breeds out there, and I think it's hard. When we're talking about the low three-chick minimum, I dare you to pick just three. I mean, there's so many great and fun breeds out there. Yeah, Yeah, I think the only reason you pick three is because you have to. Absolutely. Some people are like, I could deal with 100 chickens, but my neighborhood says I can have three. But that is available to those people, which is so nice. 
like Pollyanne said, with the urban chicken keeper who can only have a very small setup. I love that fact. Though remember, if you are an urban chicken keeper just starting out, bantams. Bantams, we say it all the time. More of them if you want more breeds. Exactly. And check with your town just to make sure you know exactly what you can have in numbers and, you know, if you can have roosters or not. But that's the fun part. We're in the fun time is researching what chickens you want to add or if you want to start a flock. And if you're out there listening because you are starting a flock, just know you need a lot of research and education into all of those chickens. Mm -hmm. You don't just put them out there and walk away. Absolutely. And that health aspect that you mentioned is so important. Like I said, we're not vets here at My Pet Chicken, but we combined our chicken keeping experience and share all the knowledge that we have here on our staff to help not just our customers, but you know, help the chicken keeping community be successful. Yeah. It really goes beyond just MPC and how can MPC fit in with the chicken keeping community to have everyone be successful? If you don't buy your chicks from us, that's okay. We want you to be successful and we want you to be an example to maybe your neighbors of how to keep chickens correctly and in a healthy way. We love offering that info. It's fantastic. And we feel the same way. Like we're all in this together and it's good for all of us and it's good for the chickens if we can all work through issues that arise, information sharing, all of those things. We're drawing this delightful conversation to a close. So one of our final questions is what's on the horizon for my pet chicken? Can you tell us any upcoming surprises? I can't share what they are, but we are working on new chicken breeds and actually new duck breeds. That is in the works right now. We're very excited about that. As far as our website goes, we are working on a new breed selector quiz that's going to be more interactive. And this can really help customers make a decision about what is the right kind of chicken for them and also the area that they live in. We love this. It really could just help people be better chicken keepers. Better user experience on the website. As I said, we are hiring a bunch of new staff. So our flock care specialists, our staff will be more accessible for people who have questions or concerns. We also have lots of new products coming out. This year, we have a new line of chicken coops called Nestera. We're going to be the first U.S. distributors here. They sponsor our show. They They sponsor our show. Wonderful. Uh, There we go. A little partnership circle going on there. (laughs) So very soon, we're going to be listing some of those coops on our website, and we're really excited about those. They're good coops. They really are. Yeah, I haven't seen one in person yet, but their website is really great. We're behind the scenes getting the website all ready and all that. They all look great, to be honest with you. So super easy to put together. Yeah, we both have one and love them. So yeah. I'm so happy to hear that, that feedback, because I'm actually getting ready to write the website description. So that pumps me up a little bit to know, you know. (laughs) The things we can tell you right off the bat is that they're super easy to put together. They're very accessible. And sturdy. They're sturdy. Okay. The chickens love the raised coops. It gives them the shelter. The shelter under is probably one of their biggest assets ever. They're blocked walls on two sides. So windbreak, it blocks it completely. They love it. And they are honestly super low maintenance. They have very large nest boxes, which are amazing for the larger breed chickens. Yeah. We've had ours not quite a year. Yeah. They're really nice coops. Yeah. We ask this question to everyone. It's so unfair. What is your favorite breed of chicken forest? Do I have to pick just one? No. Okay. Okay. So I have several favorite breeds. I'm glad I can pick more than one. 
So one of them is our exclusive silk Easter egg. Like we talked before, just fluffy and a blue egg. Can't resist. I also love any Orpington. A buff Orpington was my first backyard chicken. And I just love them. I love all of Orpingtons. The buff Orpingtons are probably my favorite. I also love Duclays. We have porcelain Duclays and Millie Fleur Duclays here at Mm. My Pet Chicken. They're just this tiny little energetic, sassy, sweet (laughs) little bird. And I just love everything about them. And their little feathered feet. And they're just so tiny and sweet. I also love Moran's, that chocolate egg. And, you know, their personality is... They're not the friendliest in my flock anyway, but they're definitely not a mean bird either. They are giving a beautiful chocolate egg and they know it. And (laughs) Cochins. I can't leave Cochins off that list because Bantam full size, they're just so wonderful. They're so wonderful. And I guess a good Easter egger. I love Easter eggers. They always seem to get along well in my flock. Great layers, beautiful blue or green egg. I feel like you can't go wrong with a good Easter egg or two. So how many is that? Six there? Those are probably my top. Look, we've already hit it all. You're just like us. You love all the same chickens. I think you got a little of my chicken taste in you there. You're a classic chicken lady. You love all the chickens, right? You can't. Thank you. I'll take that as a compliment. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for taking some time out of your day to sit and chat with us. It's been so much fun and we will talk to you soon. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. We just want to thank Forrest one more time for taking some time out of her day to come over and have a really great interview with us, share some of those My Pitch Chicken exclusive birds. We had such a good time with Forrest. We laughed ourselves silly. It was three chicken ladies just sitting there shooting the breeze. It was a lot of fun. Okay, so let's move on to... Cracking the eggs. Cracking those eggs. This week's Cracking the Eggs... Crepe cake with hibiscus cream. Now, does that sound delicious? Oh, it's delicious. Holly Ann made it for us today. We can't wait to eat dinner and then have dessert. Yeah, really. (laughs) So this is a beautiful spring cake. It uses half a dozen eggs because by now your layers are probably ramped up into full production. Also, Easter and some of the other spring holidays are coming up. This is a really great make and take cake. A hostess gift. Yep. And you're going to look like it took a long, long time, but it's not really going to take a long, long time. No. And you can also do it in stages. You want to make the batter at least half an hour before you're ready to start because you want to refrigerate it for at least half an hour. Right. But you can make the batter the day before. Right. You can make the filling ahead of time. And then it's just putting it together after you make the crepes. Right. That is. You can also do some variations with this. So we did the hibiscus cream, but you could leave the cream plain and say use our whole egg lemon curd recipe. Right. And do a lemon curd and cream crepe cake. Right. Oh, that sounds good. That does sound really good. Or you could even do cream cheese and jam in between. You can. I mean, this is a cream cheese frosting. But you could filling. add like a jam to it versus something else and mix them up. I've done that before too. You can definitely add other flavors to it. You can add sliced strawberries. You can yep. add whole berries to the middle. This is one you can really customize as long as you have that base crepe recipe. As everybody knows, we love those customizable recipes. And we love crepes too. We love crepes and we love to give everybody an option to be themselves. Okay, so let's go over the ingredients first for the crepes. And this is going to make 15 to 20 layers. Now, if you want to make a cake that big, please do. 
We did not make one that big. But the layers are thin. So ours is about 12 layers because I found with the gluten-free flour, yeah. your crepes are a little thicker. Yeah. So you're going to need two cups of flour and you're going to either use regular flour or substitute one-to-one the gluten-free. A quarter cup of sugar. Now the crepe, you got to have to stay because you don't want too much sugar. Structurally, you don't want too much sugar. You don't want too much sugar. Six large eggs at room temperature. In my house, will not be a problem. Mine either. They're all at room temperature right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Two cups of milk or creamy plant milk. Holly Ann used the oat milk. I love the oat milk. One and a half teaspoons of vanilla. Now, vanilla in my house is never an exact measurement. It's an eyeball. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. A pinch of sea salt and butter of olive oil spray to grease the crepe pan. It's super easy. Some people like to do this in a blender. Right. I just do it in a mixing bowl with my whisk. So essentially, you put all of your ingredients, everything you just read goes into that bowl. You whisk it until it's well blended or turn your blender on if that's the route you want to go. Once it is pretty homogenized, once it's a pretty well blended mixture, pop that in the refrigerator, like we said before, at least 30 minutes. And I have the crepe pan. I think you use a- No, I have a crepe pan. You have a crepe pan too. Mm -hmm. So we both invested in the crepe pan over the years because Mm -hmm. why not? I have a heavy one that's almost like a griddle. Yeah. And then you have that fun way that you get to turn it. I don't have that thing that you have, that the batter spreader. I, just, I am the kitchen gadget I lady. just rotate my wrist and, you know, swirl it around. I love kitchen gadgets. Who out there loves kitchen gadgets? I love them. You want your heat on the high side. So like around quick, medium heat, right? It's quick. You want it to cook quick. You want your pan to be quite hot. Yep. So you can add a little bit of butter or dairy-free butter or even spray this cooking surface with a little bit of spray. I use right. a, like a light olive oil sprayer. With my pan, once it's hot, you don't need to respray it or rebutter it. I don't know. With mine, I do it in between because I get stickage. Okay. Once your pan is hot, you're going to add about a quarter of a cup of batter or whatever it takes for you to lightly coat the bottom of your pan. Mm -hmm. And like you have the spreader, I do the little wrist swirl to swirl the batter out. And you want it quick. Right. Now, this depends on your batter. Sometimes they'll be ready in 30 seconds. Sometimes it's closer to a minute. With the gluten-free flour, I find it's closer to a minute. I think with regular flour, it's quicker. More like 30 seconds, right. You can have a thin spatula to help with it. Sometimes the edges will curl up and you can yes, just grab it and flip exactly. it. So Quickly. again, another 30 seconds, slightly longer with the gluten-free on the other side. Take that crepe, lay it on a clean surface. I usually have a plate lined with a yeah, towel. exactly. And I just stack them on there. You want to let all the layers cool completely before you assemble this cake. This is like with any icing. Everybody has this urge, like as soon as the cake comes out, I got to put the icing on it. But the cakes have to be 100% cool or your icing just runs and it's a mess. And this is a neat looking cake. So you want to do this right. Yeah. So you're going to put these aside, let them all completely cool. And we're going to work on the frosting. So let's give some ingredients for the frosting. It's two sticks of unsalted butter or the plant-based butter. Yeah. Softened at room temperature, 12 ounces of sweetened condensed milk or dairy-free sweetened condensed milk. Now, a little note there. Okay. The dairy-free sweetened condensed milk is essentially sweetened condensed coconut milk. Okay. You can just buy it by the can. A can of that is about 12 ounces. Yeah. Now, the regular sweetened condensed milk, the can's a little bigger. Okay. So you might want to take a couple tablespoons out of it. Right. Just so you have the proportions right. Okay. Okay. And now you're going to need your eight ounces of cream cheese or dairy-free cream cheese. It's going to be softened at room temperature. And your two teaspoons or your eyeball in it up of vanilla, how much you like it. Yeah, that's fine. It doesn't matter. Okay. So what do we do with this? You can use a stand mixer. I just use the big mixing bowl on my hand mixer. Yeah. So you're going to start off with the sweetened condensed milk and the butter sticks together. 
you're going to blend them on high speed for about four minutes or so until they have like doubled and they're fluffy. Right. Then I did this in four editions. I used tofuti cream cheese. Right. I just cut it in fours. I cut a cross in it. And you're going to put one section at a time into the bowl and you're going to beat it until it's completely blended in. So again, you're going to do that in four pieces. It makes it easier just it to divide it because if you put the whole thing in, you're going to be hating life. You're yeah. Like, this isn't working. Right. You really have to blend it in until it's smooth. Or, I mean, you can soften it up even more, but you don't want to make it hot. You want it to be soft, but still have a little give to exactly. it. Exactly. Because if it gets too soft, then your filling's not going to right. hold. So then you just add your vanilla, beat that in until smooth, and you're good. The frosting could also be made ahead of time. Just pop it in the refrigerator. Yeah, it's not too bad. You're going to make your crepes, your frosting, and then you're assembling them. Basically, you're going to put the filling in between each layer of crepe. Yep. And you're going to make a tower. Yeah. And it's going to look beautiful. You could put edible flowers on it. On ours, we did a powdered sugar chicken (laughs) on top. We love that. It's too early for edible flowers, unfortunately. Yeah. I don't know if you can find them at Whole Foods or places like that. You might be able to. Maybe Wegmans, yeah. Yeah. Or decorate it how you want to. And you want to keep it in the fridge before you serve it because you want it to stay pretty. You want it to firm up a little bit. It slices a lot easier if the filling has firmed up. And then you just enjoy. That's it. Try it. You might like it. You might love it. It looks super fancy and it has a few steps, but it really is not that difficult to make. So if you do make it, send us a picture. We would love to see it. Okay, so let's move on to retail therapy. Retail therapy. Yeah. With this week's retail therapy, we're doing Brown's Encore Oyster Shell Grit. And this is for bantams. It's not marketed for bantams, but I use it with my nankins and I think it really works well. Sometimes those chips of oyster shell are big, and I'm really afraid. You don't want to have something get stuck. Exactly. I mean, keep in mind that some of these chickens are less than two pounds, okay? Yep. And their little beaks and mouths and everything is at a very tiny scale. So you need something that is going to be small for them. And this is shell grit. So grit, when you think about the grit that your chickens take, it's way smaller than an oyster shell. Right. But they can still get the calcium they need at the level they need being a bantam from this. I originally saw this in one of the chicken love boxes. Okay. There was a small bag included. And that was right around the time where I first got Georgia Martha the Nankins. And I was like, you know what? Martha's so tiny. I'm going to go try this. So Andrea put it in. Yeah. And it works really well. The only place I've ever found it to buy is on Chewy. You can either buy a single bag or you can get it by the case. I just get it by the case and it lasts a long time. So the 16 ounce, which was a pound. It's a pound bag, yeah. Is $4.99. Now keep in mind, you're giving this to bantams. Right. So it's going to last you longer it than does. a normal chicken. And like you said, you can buy a case. The little ones who are laying eggs, they need the oyster shell also. But this makes it so that they can get what they need in a smaller scale. And it contains... Aniseed. Yeah. It's going to smell like licorice. It smells really good. I'm not sure what benefit it is. The hens will eat the aniseed. Yeah. And it does smell really nice. They like some licorice. They're like, this is different. We like this. They like the licorice. And if you're wondering, this is probably overkill, but my nankins get chick grit. Yeah. It's everything on a smaller scale. Right. When you have a bantam, think about your chick sizes. As they get older, you're still giving them smaller stuff until they're an adult chicken. Right. Bantams are no different. They're just, they're tiny like little chickens. Mm -hmm. So sometimes you need to adapt what you're using and And this is a way to do it. I have seen my nankins take down some surprisingly big things. 
But I was not going to be the one responsible if they choked. You know, I wasn't going to put something out there. You do not want to be sitting there and be helpless. Uh, no. When there's a different product out there that you can use that is safer for them at the same time. It says here it's good for all breeds over eight weeks. Right. So they have to be over two months to give this. As we say, the first few months, you're not giving them really anything at all except right. for their feed. So it's definitely a great product. You can get it on Chewy, which is so easy to do. Yeah, it's something a little different. Like we said, this is kind of an episode where we're talking about a lot of bantams. We just thought it might be nice to throw that out there. So it's a quick retail therapy because I don't have anything bad to say about this product. It's a great product. We will have a link probably to Chewy's on our show notes. So we'll take you right there and help you find it. So should we tell everybody what we're going to be talking about next week? Absolutely. Next week, we are doing a spotlight on a listener request. The Sumatra chicken. It's going to be fun. Main topic, round table with Fiona. We are talking all about the pros and cons of automatic coop door openers. And how secure they are or are not. That's right. Cracking the eggs. We're doing cheddar and chive drop biscuits and retail therapy. We're talking about our favorite sprouting equipment and our favorite companies to buy seeds so that you can grow sprouts for you and your chickens. Okay, so what should we tell everybody to do until next week? Hug your chickens. Every day and kiss them too. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. If you'd like to see more of us, please follow us on Instagram at Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. If you'd like to help us grow the podcast, please leave us a written review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, please visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash coffee with the chicken ladies. Thanks for listening. Ha, 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 ha,